When people think of Christians, they often associate the Bible with Christians or wanting a deeper relationship with God. And so many people pick up the Bible and say, gee, I, I need inspiration. I need some help during a difficult time. Or I want to have a deeper relationship with God, with his son Jesus. And so they look at the scriptures. Sometimes there's an inspiration. Sometimes there's a story that they remember. But I think we can all believe that scriptures, the powerful word of God, really have a powerful effect in our lives if our hearts are open. But I think what happens is that many times people have a blind spot to the Bible for many reasons. And it's usually this. The entire New Testament, the Gospels, and all the writings, which we would be familiar with, the second and the Gospel readings, when we hear them on Sundays, all talk about one thing. How to live in community. That's what it's about. How to live in community. So when someone reads the Bible and says, I have a deep personal relationship with Jesus Christ. My spirituality has grown. My life is much more peaceful now that I handed my life over to God and read the scriptures. But they are so blind to say that, well, we don't have to live in community. And yet everything about the New Testament is instructions on how we do this as our response to resurrection. That's a lot of times is because in our culture, the scriptures goes head to head with a mindset that says, my rights, my opinion, my personal Lord and Savior, my spirituality. And they don't get it that it's so countercultural and misses the point of the entire New Testament. It's how to live in scriptures. Even the church gets this. All throughout the year, our first reading comes from the Old Testament. That's where we see Christ in, hidden in it. And it's always connected usually to the gospel. But now, for the next 50 days of Easter, we're going to hear from the Acts of the Apostles, written by Luke, who also wrote the gospel of Luke. And he writes it with the main theme how to give instructions to the disciples of Jesus, how to live in community. And notice the beautiful ideal that he does to in today's Acts of the Apostles. The community was of one mind and one heart. Everyone shared their possessions. Everyone lived for unity and harmony. And so, even though that may not have actually happened that way, Luke sets the ideal of how a community ought to live. But here's the good news, that it can only be done through the power of the Holy Spirit. He says it's so uncommon that people would, sell, would, would share all their possessions with other people. That no one in community would ever be left behind. It is so uncommon, but the only way it's done is through the power of the Spirit. We can't do it alone. And I think that's good news for us. If we really try and yet we fall short and we fail, all we have to do is to say, okay, it's the Spirit that will guide us to do some powerful things. And so community living... Luke says, is that response to resurrection. 
And for Catholics, it has to be more than, I signed up for a parish. I belong, I get parish envelopes. It's not even close to what the scriptures are saying. It's saying that we care for our brothers and sisters. And that God is present in the midst of all his people. God is a God of gathering. And that's what the next weeks will tell us about the Acts of the Apostles. We're going to be given instructions on how we get along or bear with one another and strive to be the community. So what's at the heart of a Christian community? It's forgiveness. That's exactly what Jesus does in John's Gospel today. The disciples are fearful and hiding behind locked doors. And Jesus goes and appears to them. And in that, he commissions them for forgiveness of sins. Now, a lot of times, the people in the church, and especially leadership, use this as a means to justify confession, the sacrament of reconciliation. That's a beautiful thing. That's a great sacrament. Whenever you've used it, I hope all of you have had once or twice or many times in your life where you had a great powerful experience in the sacrament of reconciliation. But biblical scholars would tell us that everyone who followed Jesus has the power to forgive sins. By that, it means we forgive one another. And that's at the heart of a Christian community. Now, what Jesus is talking about, that it's got to be deeper than just saying, oh, let's forgive and forget. Let's pretend like it never happened. God doesn't want me to hurt anymore, so I have to stuff it in my heart. That's not healthy forgiveness, my friends. I think the wounds of Jesus that he shows the disciples really talk about in saying sin did happen. We were hurt, or we caused hurt for another. But it's been transformed by our decision to forgive. And again, it's a daily commitment, just like marriage. One of the beautiful things about marriage is that all of you are not loving at every moment. That's a beautiful thing. That's real love. Because I do weddings for a living. I didn't know if you knew that or not, huh? And boy, the newly married couples can't keep their hands off each other, huh? They're holding hands, they're loving one another, and boy, this is going to be the best thing we get involved with. We're excited, huh? And yet I look at people 30, 40, 50, 60 years, it's a deep love. But you wake up and say, I don't feel in love. I don't feel romantic. In fact, I don't have good feelings towards my spouse at this moment. But I choose to love. I choose to love and show love in different ways. The same thing happens in forgiveness. To be up here preaching to you or listening to a homily on forgiveness and saying, okay, when I leave here, I can't have any more bad feelings. So I must be doing something wrong if I still can't let it go, if I'm still hurting and wounded, if it's still in my mind. No. You need the Spirit to help you, but you have to make the choice for that day and say, okay, I've been wounded, I've been hurt, or I'm embarrassed that I caused someone some pain in their lives because of a sinful act I've done. We have to choose forgiveness. And that's at the heart of community living. Jesus says, 
Even Luke says, and even John, who's writing to a community, because even the Gospels are written to a community, that communities cannot exist without the forgiveness of one another and the willing to do that. And so, first of all, let's be sure that you really remove any blindness of the Bible, the Scriptures, the powerful Word of God. Whenever any of you read New Testament again, the one theme that you will always remember is how to live in community. And if you choose a path that just says, my rights, my spirituality, I don't want to be part of that, you're blind. Doesn't mean it's easy. Doesn't mean you're always going to be comfortable in community. But people need you. People need you to witness to resurrection. And you can't do it behind a computer screen or your locked doors. You have to risk. And you have to be willing to share and serve. And so the good news is it all doesn't depend on you and me. The Spirit will be given to us. Who this week, one person, do you need your forgiveness? Someone from the past, someone who's deceased, a co-worker, a neighbor, maybe a family member, someone you haven't talked to for a long time. Easter only makes sense if we're willing to forgive and try and know that we can only do that with the power of the Spirit.